The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Hey everybody, Arch here, and he is back. The honorary DJ Rich. What's going on, man? Hey, how are you there? How are things in uh, Kansas City? Oh, yeah. I, I assume everyone's still drunk, so. <laughs> Probably they should be. Yeah, no doubt. So, this is a big, big weekend, huh, for the Kentucky Derby? Yeah, this is uh, one of the prep races. It's the second one where the winner gets 50 points, the Fountain of Youth. And uh, the 50 points will be enough to qualify for this year's Kentucky Derby. Since they started the qualifying system in 2013, you know, usually around 35 will get you in for sure. And there have been some years where horses that have qualified, you know, got sick or got injured, couldn't run, and horses with a little as little as 14 points qualified. So get 50, stamp your ticket, you're going to Churchill Downs on May 2nd uh, to run for the Roses. Oh, wow. So, yeah, a lot on the line here for these horses and trainers, huh? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, it's an opportunity for some, you know, to, to get into the first Kentucky Derby. And, uh, you know, for others, it's old hat. <laughs> All right. So what track are we looking at here? It's Gulfstream Park in, down in South Florida, just outside of Miami. And uh, they have nine races there on the day that are stakes races for $100,000 or more. Ooh in terms of prize money. So it's a big day of racing uh, in South Florida. Uh, they have nine of the uh, thir- nine of the 12 stakes races for the day. And on their card, there's 14 Gulfstream Park races. Again, nine of them are of the stakes variety. So mm. you know, it's a real big day to be down in South Florida uh, celebrating horse racing and uh, hopefully some better weather down there than we're having here in 19-degree Chicago. <laughs> yeah, Rich, Rich you got to get down there, man. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I would like to get down there, someplace warm to, to warm my bones as I grow older. Right, exactly. We got to get Chris to to foot the bill, right? Yeah, he he can. He could probably foot it for all of us. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, if you don't know, if you haven't listened, Rich is is you know he's in a guest here fairly regularly. He works over a guaranteed tip sheet. That's where he lays out his picks, and you should definitely go check that site out and grab you know not just what we're talking about here, but races for the whole damn day. Yeah, every track, every every track, every race, we rank uh, our top four picks, and then we have two alternative picks on top of that. So, uh, for example, tomorrow I think there's 20 tracks running. There's probably you know nine or ten races at each track. So it's with 100 and 180 races somewhere in that neighborhood, <laughs> and then six horses for every race. So it's uh, the Fridays are pretty busy for us in terms of getting all that data together, and then. Yeah. 
putting together, uh, you know, our, our, our thinking caps, looking at every angle, and then from there picking the horses we think uh, in every race that we feel uh, have the best chance of winning. Nice, nice. Okay, so for, for the Gulfstream on Leap Day, you said, you, you told me pre-show, Leap Day, some crazy shit's going to happen because it's, it's it's not supposed to exist. Yeah, you, it always does, right? That unusual day. Yeah. So, <laughs> Now, I, as I went through the handicapping um, to put some of the horses, you know, some of the uh, tickets together, we did find that we had some pretty interesting odds and horses that, um, well, the races, first of all, are going to be really competitive because the fields, all the horses are fairly evenly matched. Yeah. So that means, you know, a horse that's two to one or three to one is might be marginally better, if at all, from a horse that's eight or nine or ten to one. So I would expect tomorrow that there's going to be some big, big tickets that cash at uh, Gulfstream Park because, one, again, as we mentioned, the odds are probably going to be pretty high on some of the winners. And, two, because it is one of the major uh, one of the major stops on the road to the 2020 Kentucky Derby with the Fountain of Youth, one of the bigger stakes races. Uh, it is the biggest stakes race of the day. You're going to have large money pools. So a lot of people are going to be online betting. Mm-hmm. A lot of people at the track online betting. And, you know, I, would, I guess with – you know, the news of all this virus stuff, you know, more people are probably going to stay home and the less things to do, they might bet more than usual. Oh, geez. I didn't thought about that. You're right. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. <laughs> all right. So, Gulfstream Park, Leap Day. What race do you want to mm-hmm. jump into first? Well, we might as well start, you know, with the Super Bowl first. That's the um, Fountain of Youth. It's the 14th race on the mm-hmm. day. Okay. And the horses are going to run about a mile and a 16th. Mm-hmm on their main track, the dirt track. And it's kind of a really weird starting position for a race. Uh, they almost start right on the turn. So the horses are going to come out of the gate, and like NASCAR drivers, they're going to turn left almost immediately. So it, because of that arrangement or alignment, it gives the inside horses this, this incredible advantage. Uh, so far, about 25 races at Gulfstream, mm-hmm. the number one horse is run tw- has won 25% of them, about eighth of the races. The inside three, so first, you know, post number one, post number two, post number three, they won more than all the other posts together. So there is this incredible advantage to being on the inside. Unfortunately, um, there's really not a, one of the top horses in the, on the inside. Most of them are actually on the outside. However, the one horse, its name is Conquest Candy. I mean, I'm sorry, Candy Tycoon, I'm sorry. And he does... So the one horse mm-hmm. is Candy Tycoon. Fifteen to one. He does fit. Yeah, he yeah, he fits the profile because, additionally to the post uh, bias, there's a speed bias, where the horse that um, wins is typically running first or second at the quarter pole. Uh, and as, as a matter of fact, speed, as it's um, called, three out of four winners at this distance have been labeled speed horses. So. That Candy Tycoon does break from the 24% winning rail, does have early speed. So when you turn on the race tomorrow and you're watching it, you'll see most likely because of that first turn, it's going to get to the lead, I, I think, without much uh, of a challenge. Now, the horse that we think uh, has probably the best shot to win and maybe even carry that through the Kentucky Derby is Dennis's moment. Now, he is a favorite at 2-1, um, to one, be breaking from the five post. And many people might remember who follow horse racing that he was the favorite, less than one-to-one money line, uh, post-time favorite in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. 
was supposed to be this, you know, real big matchup between Dennis's moment and eight rings, the two horses that most people felt were the, uh, the top three-year-olds in the country and most likely to compete for the Kentucky Derby and Triple Crown titles. Um, Dennis's moment, when he came out of the gate, fell right to his knees. So almost amazing that he didn't go ass over head and throw the jockey. Mm. That's how badly he fell to his knees. And uh, he finished, you know, he pulled up, finished back at the back of the pack. And eight rings, the other horse, uh, just didn't run very well. So this, you know, this this heavyweight championship fight that was supposed to be, you know, one of the, the best horse races of the year, not including the Kentucky Derby, uh, turned out to be like Dante Wilder and Tyson Fury, just, you know, <laughs> one-sided. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, the two combatants in this case, you know, they didn't qual- they didn't make it to the finish line. So we like um, Dennis's moment to, to probably get to the wire first. Kind of a weird horse in some respects, though, because not only did he almost fall over in the last race, but in his debut, clipped his heels, you know, like a little kid from behind you when you're kids and you, you flip one foot behind the other, mm-hmm. try to trip somebody. He clipped his heels, threw the jockey off, and, uh, you know, didn't, didn't run the race at all. So he's got four races. Two of them he couldn't really get out of the starter's gate without uh, having some problem. And the other two he won without with, without any challenge pretty much at all. Won uh, his first race by 19 lengths. Oh, wow. And then in the second win, you know, he basically hand-rided him into the wire and just cruised. So he had a lot more to go. When he gets out of the gate, doesn't fall down or, or trip himself, then it's his moment, can I think, get back into the winning track. He's all or the, nothing. Uh, he's all or nothing, huh? Is that it? He's pretty much, I mean, but he's like <clears throat> to the extreme. So he's either really bad, and it's not so much as he's bad, it's just maybe a little clumsy coming out of the gate, right? Uh, whereas if he gets out and those first couple steps are pretty good, you're not going to, you know, he, nobody's going to finish in front of him. The one horse that uh, we do see as well that's kind of been a monster there at Gulfstream Park, unfortunately uh, for him, he's all the way on the outside. It's number 12, Chancet. He's raced at Gulfstream all six times in his uh, career, and he's won four of them and finished second twice. And one of those seconds was by a head box. So he could be uh, uh, six races at Gulfstream, five wins, and, you know, one second. And I would expect that he'll race pretty well there, too. Uh, the only problem is, as I mentioned, the way the race starts, he's going to be way outside on the turn, and he's going to be five, six, seven wide as the horses are already turning left. So uh, if you imagine yourself on a track, you see how sprinters, they start on that staggered um, sort of starting gates so that it can make up for the difference that one has to run a little bit different in horse racing because the horses don't have to stay in their lane and all that kind of stuff. So you can have a, a real hard time getting towards the front, but uh, he, he has run a couple different styles. So he's been able to come from off the middle of the pack on the lead. So I would expect that the jockey, uh, Tyler Gapoloni will get him up close to the lead as quickly as possible, kind of settle in for the first turn and then try to move them up into the top two as they move down the back stretch. Right. And he's, tra- so I, I think ch- that there's a pretty good chance he'll do pretty well too. I see the chance it's trained by Safi A. Joseph uh, Jr. Mm-hmm. And Safi Joseph does pretty well at Gulfstream. Looks like he's one of the, does pretty well. Yeah. yeah one, one of the top. top. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look at the horse won its last race and, you know, Safi, when uh, the horse wins the, the last race, rebounds right back and wins at 38, uh, 31% the next time out. 
So the horse does got a good chance. I think if anyone's going to take out Dennis Molman, it'll probably be that horse. And he ran once at the distance, the quirky distance, uh, where they start on the turn, and he ran away from the pack, winning by seven and a quarter length. So not that the horse is not used to that funny race. It's just that maybe Dennis's moment inside of him, so he'll have the advantage of uh, position. And then he, ha- he probably also has the advantage of being the better horse. So um, provided he gets off to a good start, you know, he'll have to overcome two things, a horse that's inside of him that's probably better than him. So, uh, but if he can, you know, he's dominated at that track. Uh, you know, he's got a shot to make it in there. Seven, seven, 72, it looks like. That's, that's not a bad little payday. You can throw a few bucks there. You know, that's a good, you know, that's a good lukewarm kind of um, favorite, if you will, second favorite. Yeah. A couple other horses that I think, uh, I do think the uh, Candy Tycoon, because of the, you know, the speed bias and the rail bias, he's not the best horse, I don't think, in, in, in the field. And if he wins and it gets into the Kentucky Derby with his 50 points, I don't think he'll be one of the better horses in the Derby either. It'll just be a matter that he was the fortunate one to draw the number one at a place and track and bias that fits his running style uh, greatly. Two of the horses we're looking at, um, the number six, as seen on TV, is <laughs> another one that uh, had a pretty good uh, go of it at uh, Gulfstream Park. It's run there three times, I think. No, once. Sorry, and uh, he actually finished second by a head to uh, our second pick, Chancet. He's run four times in his life. He's got two wins, two seconds, and the um, the one second, as I mentioned, was a head last time out to our second choice here, Chancet, and he finished third in his second race um, after getting off to a little bit slower start than he's probably accustomed to. He's got the speed rating numbers that say he fits with the other two, some pretty good workouts coming into the uh, into the Fountain of Youth, so I would keep an eye on him. And uh, finally, we're also looking at the number eleven. Uh, it's uh, Et Indien, and that horse raced here at Gulfstream Park last out in the Holy Bull Stakes, finishing second to Tis the Law. Um, he was beaten by three lengths, so it wasn't as close as you'd like for it to be. Probably it was at the same uh, same distance, same surface. A lot of people think Tis the Law is one of the top um, candidates to win the 2020 Kentucky Derby. So that could be a key race where, although he finished second, uh, that's a better second than it looks perhaps on paper. And when he's up against some other horses that might not be the same quality as Tis the Law, mm-hmm. uh, that'll show up and give him an opportunity to perhaps upset some of the folks in this field and find his way into the money or maybe even um, you know to the winner's circle. Oh, okay. So that's the main race of the day. And then we talked a little bit about some of the craziness that might go on because it's leap, uh, leap day yeah. uh, in yeah. leap year. So, I, you know, as I do my handicapping, I try not to pay attention much to the odds because uh, they can influence you, I think, um, in the wrong direction sometimes, which is, uh, you know, makes you kind of go to that herd mentality. I call it the favorites bias. So everybody's betting on uh, the horse. His odds are coming down. Same thing happens when you're handicapping. You go through your handicapping and you pick, you, you ordered your horses in the, the finish that you think is going to happen. And then you look at the odds and you see like, oh man, I don't have the two to one at the top, or I don't have the, you know, the six to five in my top three picks. So you go ahead and you make that change because, well, 
psychologically you feel compelled to do so. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, that six to five did exactly what you thought it was going to do, ran out of money, and the horse you thought was going to win actually didn't, right? Right. So that's uh, actually did comes back to do what you, you expected it to do. So the, the 11th race is the Canadian Turf States. It's a grade three, one mile on the turf for four-year-olds and up with 12 horses um, in the field. And this is probably, we talked a little bit about the, the speed bias and the rail bias and in the Fountain of Youth. This is one of the few times where I've seen there's really no bias at the distance. 50% of the horses that have won have been speed horses. 50% of the horses that have won have been off the pace horses. Same thing with the, with the, with the posts. They pretty much evenly went across the board. So this is a case where the best horse will probably win. So the, um, just to go back to remind a little bit, so it's a, it's a place where there are no biases. So it's definitely going to come down to which horses run the best are going to win that race because you're not going to have the advantage of getting off the, getting off to an early start because you start on the turn or where speed has a complete advantage uh, over the other horses. And in this case, we have eight to one on top, uh, the nine horse. His name is Gidu or Gidu. I'm not quite sure how they pronounce that. And again, this is in, uh, race number 11. So when you look at him in our first conversation, we talked about some of our angles. And one of the angles I saw here when we we're looking at this race was that he cut his fractions real um, by a lot in his most recent race at a mile on turf compared to the, um, the race prior to that where he ran a mile on the turf. For example, in this his most recent race, he ran the, the half mile in 45 and one. And the mile, the time he ran a mile before that, he ran it in 47 seconds. You can see there's almost a two-second improvement mm. there. Wow. And then at the six furlong mark or three-quarter mark, he was in at 108 and two, whereas the previous race, it was 111 and one. So there's some serious improvement in his fractions there. And he's raced pretty well at Gulfstream. He's got a win in two seconds and three starts. So he's morning line uh, eight to one. Uh, Todd Pletcher is the uh, trainer who is a, is a really good trainer, one of the best in the country. Mm-hmm. And John Velasquez is, you know, one of the more seasoned riders. He fares fairly well in these big races. So it's a pretty good jockey trainer combo. You got a horse with a pretty strong track record at Gulfstream Park. And he showed some major improvement in his fractions last time out. So that's a, a nice eight to one shot that can perhaps um, bring home the trophy in, in that race. And we have him backed up with a, a horse that's nine to two, named Sam Baye. Not quite sure what that means, but he came off the bench. Uh, she was on the sidelines since last August, so for what about six months. Wow. He came out to run his best speed figure ever. So obviously, that rest did him uh, did him well, and he tied for the highest uh, last race speed figure in the field. So when you look at um, his previous second start off the bench is uh, he only did it once before. He had a major improvement in his uh, speed number. It jumped. They had a pretty bad race the one before, but it still jumped pretty substantially. And the same thing happened in his second race after his debut. So I would expect to see some improvement in the five horse, which would then put his buyer rating into the hundreds. Uh, and typically, if you hit triple digits, that's going to make you a, a – very strong competitor in graded stakes races. And, you know, this is a, a grade three, which is the lowest level of the graded stakes races. So 
he should be uh, one that you you know that you have your eye on as well. Okay. To wrap up the trifecta, trifecta, <laughs> um, the number one horse, Hey Dakota. There we go. That's what I was looking at, Rich. Yeah. yeah. You were? Yeah. Well, we, I remember Jason here? Jason Service. I remember you beat that you beat that name into us. Yeah. No, he's a, he's a you know he's a star down there in South Florida and actually across the entire continent. But um, you know he's one whose horses have done exceptionally well. Uh, and this horse is making his second start off the layoff service wins at 29%, which is a real high angle for any, um, you know, different strategy that the uh, trainer is employing. But he's won at 29%. He won his last race. Um, and then service follows a win with another at uh, roughly one out of every three times. So his horses do well win winning, win making their second start off the break. It's also a pretty interesting angle here, too is that he's taken him from seven and a half furlongs, which is considered a sprint, to a mile. So it's only a half a furlong difference, but it's a sprint to a route angle, and he wins those a third of the time, so 33%. So you have a lot of um, merging angles that point to a horse that should do pretty well. Um, so that's our top three right there, the nine, the five, and the one. So you're sitting on eight to one over nine to two over four to one. If an exacto were to come in on that or a trifecta were to come in on that, you know, it should be a nice triple digit um, ticket for a $2 bet. Nice. Yeah, I'm all in, man. Let's do it. Indeed. <laughs> we won't need Chris's money anymore after that. We'll just. Uh... <laughs> you, you might not. I, I really do think that tomorrow is going to be um, a day where a lot of shots come in and you're going to see some pretty nice tickets spit out. Um, Upstream's kind of that way anyway. It's one of those tracks where the unexpected happens a little more than expected. So uh, I, I would expect that tomorrow will be one of those days. And because you're going to have big money pools, if you have the right horses in the right order, you're, you're, you're going to cash some nice tickets. And hopefully we've put together, I don't know, like a 13-page wager guide where we get into the analysis of the top contending horses, long shots, value plays, the early pace setup, how the horses are going to come out of the gate, and what that means to the race. And we, then we have our picks as well as some suggested wagers. So it's a pretty in-depth report. Um, last time we put one of these together was the uh, Risen Star at Fairgrounds mm-hmm. a couple weeks back. And uh, we had uh, we had some good winners that day. The pick five, which is a $2 bet, uh, the total winnings. So I think we had – our top pick pick uh, won twice. I think our second pick won once, and our third pick won the other two legs. And the payout for that was seventeen thousand dollars. Wow, that sounds good. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I had that one myself. <laughs> yeah. right. Five times. Is there anything else we need to touch on, or, or do you think we, we got it all covered here, at Gulfstream? Well, those are two of the best races of the day. Yeah. I think. I mean, you know, that Kentucky Derby prep race. Uh, the, the Fountain of Youth has had five winners go on to win the Kentucky Derby. Oh, wow. So it is a, um, and one of them is um, Spectacular Vid, I believe, who is one of the, uh, you know, obviously a, a horse that everybody's kind of familiar with, a name that rings a bell. So um, so the, the horses that do come from there, some of them, yeah, they do have a real chance to compete. Um, and win the Kentucky Derby. So this this is definitely a key race for people to pay attention to, to see the which horses do well in the um, in the Fountain and Butte. 
and kind of put some of those on your mental radar for the first uh, Saturday in May as horses that you might want to consider in the Derby uh, to be on your ticket either at the top or to fill out the exotics. Nice. Very cool, man. Rich, again, I appreciate all the time you give us and the free info. Love it. Yeah, no problem. Hopefully it's not free. Hopefully it pays. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hopefully so. All right, man. Well, I'm sure we'll talk to you soon again, real soon before the Kentucky Derby, no doubt. Oh yeah. There's a lot more prep races on the uh, calendar coming up. It starts to pick up steam and the importance of the races start to increase as well as and these 50 point races are going to start turning into hundred point races pretty soon. So those horses that win those are going to be at the top of the, the leaderboard and for sure in the Kentucky Derby as some of the favorites to win. Yeah. Yeah. I get asked, I get asked from the people that listen to the podcast every day. When's rich coming back? When's rich coming back? I'm just like, <laughs> calm down. I'm still giving you a podcast, but no, they want rich man. I can't, I can't deprive them very long of your presence. No, it's good to hear. Well, maybe we can start talking about other things like basketball. Or Absolutely. I'd love to get your takes on basketball. Let's go head to head, Rich, and see if yeah. you, can, you see if you can do better than I can. I looked at your picks. I think I can. Oh, Oh, shots fired. You're laying down. We're going to put some pizza on it. <laughs> Sounds well, good. No, you guys are known for you guys are known for your barbecue. And I have to admit, I was down there in Overland, Kansas, for one of my son's soccer tournaments. Yeah. And we went to uh, I don't know what it's called, but it's, it, you know the folklore is that it's true or not true that it started in some guy's gas station and now it's like a franchise down there. Yeah, Joe's. Um, yeah, so we went to eat there and it was it was very very good. Yeah. Obviously, in Chicago, uh, you know we're known for our pizza. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll we'll pick a day. We'll go ahead to head on our picks. Hopefully none of them lose. So uh, it, there's winners all around. And um, if I, if I win, you got to send me some of that barbecue. If you win, I'll send you some deep dish pizza. That sounds that sounds like a bet. All right, Rich. Good talking to you, man. You as well. Have a great day and good luck tomorrow at the races. Thanks. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.